Online Crossroads fam. Welcome or welcome back to uh, our midweek podcast. It's always, I always say midweek, but it's just because the podcast itself takes place during the midweek. I have no idea when I'm actually going to get it posted. But anyway, here's to the latest uh, Crossroads podcast. We are finishing up our series called She Says. Uh, one of my heart's desires is for our students to hear uh, from people more than just myself. And God really laid it on my heart to uh, look towards some godly women that could set an example for our ladies to follow, but also to be a benchmark for what our guys should be looking for. Uh, tonight, I'm very, very, or during this podcast, I don't know when you're going to listen to it, uh, but during this podcast, uh, I'm so honored to have my wife speaking, the first lady of Crossroads. Uh, Jessica has been a part of my life for Oh, 22, 23 years now, including our dating time. We've been married for 20 years, I think 21 this year. But anyway, um, she truly is, um, when I think of a godly woman, she fits the, the example uh, to a T. Uh, I love to, to see God working in her. I love to see her sharing God with people. And during this podcast, she's going to speak very quickly because she talks really fast. Uh, but she just talks about when there's too much stuff in your life. Um, a lot of times life can get jumbled up, but God always puts someone in place to help you during those times. So thank you for being a part of this podcast. Uh, go to subscribe. We'd love for you to be a part of the, the Crossroads family um, and just Again, this this podcast has been sponsored by Crossroads Student Ministries. If you'd like to help sponsor or give us some ideas of what you would like to hear us talking about at some point, uh, send us a message through our social media. You can go to KennyCrossroads.com and find all that information. But thank you for being a part of Crossroads. Okay, so, okay, first off, I am really excited to be up here, and I'm excited to be talking to people instead of my car as I'm going down the road. I've been practicing this. Today, you would have seen me pulled off, um, like going to our house at the church, and there I am in the car, and I'm just talking with my hands just to go, and so I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited. I talk to kids every day. but y'all are a little older than the kids I talk to. So anyway, I'm super excited to be here, and I have one of my uh, friends um, with me. Now, this is my school bag. I love it. Every year I get a different bag almost, and they just seem to get bigger and bigger. Um, So I'll tell you a little bit why I have my bag um, here. I love bags. They're really, really cool. Um, Kenny knows that every time we go somewhere, he's like, really going to get another bag. They're great for taking stuff place to place. Um, The bad thing about it is I can stuff a bag full of stuff, and it's not so good. Just like when you stuff your life full of things that you don't really need, and you hang on to those things. So what I'm going to do is going to use a few of the things in here. And I get kind of tickled because this right here, oh, let me put that down, is heavy too. This little bag right here, this was my bag from kindergarten. And I was at my first date, poor Raggedy Ann, she's looking bad. Um, This was my bag from first day of kindergarten. My mama made it and they have a picture. I got like pigtails and probably like no front teeth. Um, But I loved it and I carried this bag and apparently I tried to stuff it a lot because I kind of blew a seam out. Um, But I used this the last time I spoke to Crossroads, which was some long time ago and um, I found it and apparently I kept all the stuff in there from the last time I spoke and I was like well you know what I should probably get rid of some of this stuff or put it back 
Same thing in our life. There are things we kind of need to get rid of to make things for, to make room for what God wants to put in our life. Now, this, I gotta put Raggedy Ann down. She's looking a little crazy. Okay, so um, this is gonna be a little bit about me. I'm kind of my life story, but not my whole life story. So it starts out when I'm little. And um, I grew up in a Christian family. I went to a super small church, like 30 or 40 people, and most of us were related, it seemed like. And so you had older people and you had younger people. Now, youth group, mm -mm, no. Um, it's like me and my brother and a couple of um, our friends, and then that was it. But my granddaddy was the preacher, and he was one of those when he preached, he would preach. I would sit there and look at him and go, oh, he's going to have a heart attack one day because his neck would get all, and face would get all red, and he'd be just a goat. And he would use, you know, all these scriptures. And so many times, it's like in my head, I could say those scriptures with him. What I didn't realize was that the Lord was letting me plant those scriptures in my heart so that I could use them whenever I needed them. So I grew up, you know, in a Christian home. Um, my into church now, we were there every time the doors opened, and I mean every time. I mean, there are a few times I remember not going, like one time I had my wisdom teeth cut out, and I remember one time not going because mom and dad were both sick and there was no way for us to get to church. Um, but mom was a Sunday school teacher, a piano player. Um, she did a church treasure. Dad was deacon, Sunday school teacher. And I grew up, like as soon as I hit like teenage years, I started like teaching the little kids. So, you know, the word has been ingrained in me. Well, about the time I was five, um, I walked down the aisle and then I was baptized. And I say walked down the aisle and baptized, I didn't really say anything about getting saved because at the time I had the head knowledge. I was all about, I knew the scriptures, I knew the Roman road, I knew what I needed to do. It was the heart knowledge that, you know, I don't really know if I did it for the right reason. If I followed my friends down there or if, you know, it was, if I really knew what I was doing. So... You know, I was baptized. Fast forward to about 14 years later. Hang on. Oh, I love books, too. So I have me in my little book right here. Barrett, don't listen. Okay. He hates that sound. So I kind of use it sometimes. Oh, Eli, apparently Eli does too. Must run in the family. Okay. So here we go. So... Fast forward like 14 years later, I'm 19, I'm getting ready to go to a basketball tournament. I remember, I mean, I remember what I was wearing. Like I had my hair in curlers, like big curlers, not to make it curly, but to try to get the curl out. And I remember the Lord had been dealing with me. And that is one thing you cannot get rid of. When the Lord is dealing with you, you better not run. And I remember I started crying and crying. And then I went to my mom and was like, Mama, Daddy. And I mean, I cry a lot. I cry a lot. Um, and I was like, do you remember when I got saved? And I mean, the tears were just rolling. And so mom and dad talked to me. They said, are you having doubts about, you know, your salvation? And boy, I was. And so while, you know, talking with them, I took the step that I knew for sure that the Lord was the Lord of my life. There was no doubt about it. And even, you know, sometimes years later, I'll think back and I have that peace. So I know that the Lord, you know, is the Lord of my life. Um, but, you know, I learned don't run from the Lord. When the Lord wants you to do something, do it. Don't try to run from it. No matter how much you try to convince yourself, oh, it'll be fine. You need to do what the Lord wants you to do. So, okay, back to when I was like five or six. I grew up in Clanton and I lived in a really cool neighborhood. There's like a gazillion people in the neighborhood. Mama said that's the neighborhood she grew up in. She said there were kids everywhere. Well, during this time, I did have a brother. I mean, y'all heard about him a couple weeks ago and he's still around. Um, 
And so, you know, I have my brother, and there's only so much you can play with with a little kid, though, because he wants to play trucks and everything. But the Lord blessed me with a friend right next door by the name of Shelly. Shelly Foshi, also known as Shelly Bates now. And I thought it was so cool because we were right next to each other, and she had a room upstairs, and I just thought it was neat that you could walk up the stairs, and she had her own room, and her sisters was on the other side. No, we had a basement. My room was upstairs, too. But it was just neat that, you know, she had this room. And so we would um, go to my cousin's house and go swimming. And we just had, we'd play dolls. We'd play dolls. And we'd probably got eat up with mosquitoes in the backyard. But the Lord gave me a friend um, when I needed one. So a little bit later, fast forward to like uh, fourth grade. And if you heard Mama speak, she told you that uh, we had to move because of my dad's job which means change in schools. And I'd always gone to like the one school. And so here we go. We take off. We move to Calera. Don't know anybody in the neighborhood. We go to CCA. Okay, so enroll in CCA and I'm going into the fourth grade. So, you know, I've been in classrooms with 20 and 30 kids. I get to CCA and in my classroom, it's not real big. It's in a trailer, so it's not real big. And I look and there's a row. And it's the fourth grade row. There are four people in the fourth grade. And I was like, I am 25% of the fourth grade. This is cool. Two boys, two girls. At least we had it evened out. And right next to us was like eight people or nine. And they were the third. It was the third grade. So I had one teacher, Miss Gilbert, best teacher in the world. And I'm like, how is she going to teach two classes at the same time? I don't know how, but she did it. And she was awesome. So, you know, I'm looking around going... There are four people in, I mean, we have our own row. That is it. You know, fourth grade, here we are. And third grade, I was like, man, they got more people. But, you know, that was such a small group. We all got to be really good friends. And during that time, you know, I get to the school, I know no one except my brother who cried and cried and cried. Apparently, he didn't like school at all. So, aggravate your Uncle John about that, okay? He didn't like school at all. And they were coming there, Jessica, your brother's crying. I was like, again. Okay, but the Lord blessed me with a friend, Dayla. Now, she was younger than I was, okay? She's a lot shorter than I was, too. However, as quiet as I was, not like now, she was that outgoing, okay? So, she ended up being my best friend. So, all through school, and we had other friends as well, you know, all through school, we did stuff, you know, together. Okay, we were typical girls. Now, I'll tell you, in fifth grade, we had a a club. It was real original. We called ourselves the Three Musketeers because we had a friend named Cindy. I, was, I look back and go, oh, that was so stupid. Why? In the we had cards and we made up and everything. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. But we did the typical girl things. We giggled. My mama said we giggled and we giggled and we giggled. Um, but we talked about stuff. We talked about boys, um, talked about new kids on the block because, you know, I was, I was like a huge fan and all kinds of stuff. And we also talked about, you know, dating boys and when you get married. Because you're going to name you, go ahead and figure out your name your kids, you know, all that kind of stuff. Who you going to marry? It's probably like some movie star is going to marry. Or one of the new kids on the block really wasn't sure which one. But, you know, that led to old talks when we got older about when we were getting married. You know, and staying pure until marriage was one of those things that we had talked about. And it wasn't a question of, you know, will we? It was understood that that's what you do. Um, growing up in a Christian school, learned tons of Bible verses. And I don't mean we wouldn't memorize like a verse. It was like a chapter. I could sit there and boy, I could, I could like recite a chapter. Then that again was the Lord putting those scriptures into my heart. Having Bible class every day. I know all about Proverbs. We did that quite a bit. But, you know, learned all kinds of cool stuff. Again, that was the Lord putting that, those things in my heart. Now, for those of you who, um, who don't like the dress code at your school, uh, we had a dress code. 
and it was skirts. Okay, there was no pants. I mean, if you're a boy, you wear pants, but that's it. You can't wear shorts. Because so my brother, as soon as he graduated, wore shorts forever to college. So we got skirts, and they had to be not long, but you had to be knee length. And it's hard for me because I'm tall. Um, or you wore, wore culottes. Anybody know what culottes are? Oh, great. Thanks, split skirt. Okay. So you wore the culottes. So we didn't really think much about it, you know, but you know, modesty was not an issue because you were covered up. Okay. Better be sure nothing up top or nothing down bottom showing. But you know, we were covered up. So modesty was not really an issue. Yes. People are like, do you wear jeans on the weekends? Well, yeah, we did. I promise. You know, it's not like we couldn't wear jeans. It's not like they were banned from our house, but you know, that was just something that was our school. And you just... You went by. It didn't, you know, bother you that much, but it did help with modesty. We didn't have to worry about being covered up because we were always covered up. Okay, so growing up, it was great because you had, like, my friend Dayla, who's very outgoing, and I would go to her house all the time, and she would come to my house all the time. Now, she lived in Thorsby, and I lived in Calera, so our poor parents were constantly taking us back and forth. Um, but our parents also did things with us. Okay, my family had the minivan, which I learned to drive. I learned not to leave the emergency brake on, too, when you drive it, because uh, it'll smoke <laughs> uh, bad, especially when you drive it from, like, to Calera from Clinton. And so, yeah, I learned what not to do, take the emergency brake off. But our family would take us places, to the movies, to Disney on ice. We would do stuff at our house, same as at Dayla's house. Our parents knew our friends' parents. Our parents knew each other. They, would good, they were good friends. So it wasn't one of those, you're sneaking off to go somewhere, because our parents knew kind of what we were doing. Now... Um, I like to be on the go. That's one reason I like a bag. I went to church every week with my backpack because I was going home with somebody. I didn't care who it was. I was going to go home with somebody. I like to stay on the go. Um, you know, it's bad when there's a blizzard coming, you're out of school, and your mama takes you to your best friend's house. Like, she's trying to get rid of me, I guess, because I thought, I guess she thinks I'd make her life miserable, and I probably would have. So here we go. It's a blizzard coming. She takes me to my friend's house, and then, like, several days later, she comes and gets me. She's like, it's just best for everybody if you go there. It's like, thanks, Mom. You know, it's pretty good. So I was a nerd in school, like, big time. I got the shirt and everything. I'm a book nerd. I'm just a nerd nerd. I loved to work, and I did. We worked in something called Paces. Anybody know what Paces are? Oh, yeah. Okay, I am really up here by myself. So Paces are, it's not like a regular classroom. You've got these little booklets of information you read, and you fill them out, and you go check them, and then you turn them in, take a test, and, like, anyway, that's how we did school. And so I was just, on the weekends, I would just do lots of work and lots of work, and so I ended up doing all of my work that I needed to a year early. So I graduated, um, I was 16 when I graduated. I got to drive to school like one year. And so I was 16 when I graduated. I was valedictorian of our class. Now, it was the biggest class that we had had so far. We had nine people in our graduating class. I was super excited, because that was like the most ever. Um, we had one boy, poor Edward. It was eight girls and one boy. I felt for him. I was like, poor Edward. We even let him wear a different color graduation gown so he didn't have to look, you know, be with us. So I'm up there giving my speech, and I'm thinking, wow, I'm fixing to leave these people that I've known since fourth grade. And we're all pretty close. We knew everybody in the school, kindergarten on up. And I was like, I'm fixing to leave these. I'm fixing to hit the real world. And I was like, I, I don't really know if I'm ready. And... I was a worried because Dayla still had a couple years left in school. And I was like, well, I'm going to Montevallo. That'll work. And so um, I went to the University of Montevallo. I thought, oh, this is nothing. 
I've been to Montevallo forever. I took piano there in the music department. So I knew exactly where to go if I was taking music. And I knew where to eat because my mama also um, took some college classes there. I'm like, I'm good. Well, you know, going to school there as a student is a little different than running around the campus. First day, I couldn't figure out where I was supposed to go. The math building has like 8 million rooms and they all look alike. And I'm like, great. I can't. It's just like a hall, like all these hallways. So I had a friend who was in Dela's youth group, and she was there. She said, hey, you need me to help you? I was like, oh, would you please? I don't know where I'm going. So she helped me find my way, which kind of takes me back to I didn't have a youth group really growing up besides my cousins and my brother. So I was able to, the Lord gave me like Dela's youth group that I could do things with. So that, the Lord took care of me. So I get to school, and um, oh, I'm still a big nerd. And I, I say I go off to college. I didn't go off to college. College was 10 minutes away. So I stayed home and then went to school. I was a commuter. Okay, I saved my parents some money in the process. So I uh, met two girls that I got to be really good friends with, uh, Marie and then Jennifer. Okay, we were all pretty much nerds. And we all had, we were going for the same um, degree. And so we, we bonded. And it was, we, we you know, we had a really good time. Now during this time, I decided that I was going to get a 4.0, and I still have no idea why I decided that. So, me and my nerdy self, here's this, I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a 4.0. But I just didn't say that. Oh, no, I wrote out a contract for myself to sign. So, it did. I, and I put the blank, and I filled in my name, Jessica Suzanne Smitherman. My mama gave me, like, the longest name. Will, do my best to achieve a 4.0, or as close to it as I can. I didn't stop there. I listed the steps of what I was going to do. I was going to do this and this. And, and then I posted it in my room. I was like, I am such, such a nerd. But you know what? That gave me something to go by. Now, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist and a list maker. Being a perfectionist is not the greatest thing in the world because you try to get things done your way, and that might not be what God wants you to do. Well, in doing this, uh, apparently, as my brother said, had a nuclear meltdown about twice a semester. Um, over little things. He's like, oh, there she goes again. So, yeah. um, but um, I did get a 4.0. Now, was it worth it? I, and the headaches definitely were not. Migraines were not fun. So I look back and go, okay, why did I do that? Who was I trying to impress? I think I would have done better had I done my best and just talked to the Lord and said, okay, you know, what do you want me to do? Um, during this time, I was babysitting as well. And this is another blessing that the Lord gave me. So um, back when I was in school, I started babysitting for the Franklins when they lived in Thorsby. They moved to Pelham, and I was still able to babysit them. So I babysat from the time I was 15 till, I don't know, forever. And it was really cool, because May knows them, don't you? Okay, so um, they, they were well-to-do. And they treated me like their daughter. In fact, they used to introduce me as their daughter. I didn't look anything like the other two kids. But they would introduce me as their daughter, take me on vacation with them, you know, country club privileges, all kinds of stuff. And they loved me, and I loved them. And so that allowed me to do things that I might not have been able to do. They even took my brother with us, like, on vacation. They liked him, too. So that was really nice. That opened the door to more babysitting and more house sitting jobs. I can take care of a house. I know what to do if a horse is having trouble. I just call the vet. Um, I can walk a dog. I can feed the fish. I can make sure the alarm system works. That's what I would do like during college. My brother as well. We would house sit um, and we would babysit. And that left us with, or me especially, with flexible hours. I, didn't, I wasn't stuck in a job where I would like miss church or anything. There were a few times that I, they did ask me to babysit on a Sunday. Most of the time they wouldn't. But if it was like a weekend babysitting job, 
they would say, would you be able to babysit this weekend? And I said, yes, but uh, I need to take the kids to church with me. And they said, that's fine. So we go from Pelham. I get the kids. You know, we go to church. It's we in the car. It's Catholics. It's Methodists. It's Baptists. We all go into the little Baptist church, you know. Um, and the kids were fine. I take them to ball games. You know, we do all kinds of stuff. But the parents knew that, you know, if I stayed on a Sunday to keep the kids, that the kids would, you know, go to church with me. And they were fine about that. And we had some really good conversations about baptism and all the different denominations. So that was kind of cool. But um, anyway, during um, college, I learned that it was getting harder and harder for me to make decisions about things because, I, you know, I want to make a list. I want to do the right thing. So I learned to give it to the Lord. I'm learning that lesson every day because I'm really good at saying, Lord, it's yours. And then I take it right back. Okay. And I'm like, okay, God, you handle this. Now, what can I do? And then I take it right back. So one of the big decisions, because, you know, it's college age. I'm thinking, okay, am I ever going to get married? And I did date. Um, but I'm thinking, am I ever going to get married? Who's my spouse going to be? I wonder what it's going to be like. And in my mind, I had a picture of, like, what I wanted this guy, you know, to be and to act like. So I said, you know what? I think the Lord's got this worked out way better than I could. So I gave the decision about a spouse up to the Lord. Now, I will tell you, during that time... I waited, that I waited, I prayed. I prayed for my future spouse, whoever he was, didn't know it was going to be him back there, because um, I didn't really know him then. So I prayed for him. Um, and it's kind of weird, because I also wrote him letters. And it's very strange when you're writing, to, writing letters to someone you really don't know who it is, but you put your heart out there for them and tell them that you're praying for them. So... Uh, when I found out, you know, it's going to be him, it's him, um, I put those letters in a book. Did I give it to you right before we got married? Okay, it's in there. I never gave it back to you from the last time I spoke. I'll give it back to you sometime. So what I would do is I would write, you know, just kind of say I was praying for him and things that were going on in my life then. At the same time, I was also writing in my prayer journal because I learned that journaling is a way that I can talk to God because my mind goes 90 to nothing, about like my mouth most of the time. And I need to sit down and write out what, you know, what's on my heart. Now, sometimes in my journaling, um, I can look in those journals and it is like, you can tell I was mad because it's just like marks all over the page. And I'm writing big because I'm upset about stuff, but the Lord can handle it. He was teaching me, go, come to me first before you go to anybody else. And I try my best to do that. Before I start talking about anybody or this situation, I try my best to go to the Lord. But I also look back and I can see, because I have a zillion journals, I can see where the Lord was leading me, praying for a spouse, um, praying for jobs, and all those types of things. So journaling was a way. I also, okay, I also noticed that I went from, oh, dear Lord, please let me have a good day, to, dear Lord, please help me do what you would have me to do. Please help me do your will today instead of just a good day. Now, the other day, I was like, oh, dear Lord, I just need a good day. Can you please just give me a good day? You know, I went from being more selfish to, Lord, what, you know, what can I do for you? So, back in college, anyway, um, my friend Dayla calls one Saturday, and she said, hey, you want to go to a ball game with me? And I was like, uh, no. Yes, no, I don't know. So I can't even make a decision on that. I had been at Montevallo all day dressed up as Raggedy Ann for a young author's conference. I mean, makeup and everything. And I kind of wanted to stay home. But she's like, come, she's very persuasive, by the way. She said, come with me. I don't have anybody to sit with. 
that might have been true or not, I really don't know. So I went and I saw Kenny um, and we ended up going out with a group of friends. We did that for several times, didn't we? Like in the groups. So the Lord was leading me there, you know, hey, I'm going to meet this guy, which by the way, was not the first time I'd seen him. He was actually working at the Franklins and Kellen and I had kind of, we like to watch the guys that work in the yard, like throughout through the windows. So we had seen him um, already before, but Anyway, so I graduate college, and it's December. So I was like, well, there's no job openings, and I don't really want to teach. I don't want to see a book, and I don't, I don't want to see any kids anymore. That did not make my parents happy. Um, I didn't say it in those words, but I kind of acted that way because I stressed myself out through college to, to make good grades. And my brother said he was not going to do that, and he didn't. He enjoyed college more. But when I got finished, I was like, I guess I better find me a job because I don't want to teach. Um, but I know my parents thought, oh, no. They told me, you're going to find a job. My parents, I was very blessed. They were able to pay for my entire college education. I had a scholarship, but it only um, covered so much. So they were able to take care of the rest of that, and I'm very grateful for that. So a job came open in the real world. I found out I didn't really like the real world after a while. It was at a Let's see, a corporate um, child care center um, in Birmingham. It was Be Care. For, it was a day, uh, child care center for B, E, and K. It was great. But at Christmas, you got like two days off. I was like, oh, I'm used to two weeks. And then at Thanksgiving, you got like a day or two. I was like, uh, okay, I'm used to more than that. So I was like, this is not going to be long term. I enjoyed it. I got to meet more people um, and more babysitting jobs. But a job, open a job came open at Verbena. And it was one of those, it came open in February, Title I assistant, money came available and Mr. Raines, the principal, asked if he could, you know, use my name at the board meeting that night. I was like, sure, I'll take a job, you know, even though I have a job. So went through, I had a job for like two or three months and the paycheck was about like this big. So I'm really glad I stayed at home during that time. So the next year, I'm still ever being it. There come, there's a job opening. I was like, okay, first grade. Here we go. I, I can do first grade. I mean, they can tie their shoes and go to the bathroom by themselves. I'm good. Uh, I didn't get it. And I was upset in a way. But then I thought, okay, God's got something for me. And he did because I, he used that time to teach me, okay, this is kind of how you need your classroom to be. I saw good stuff and not so good stuff. And these, you know, it's like, these are the kids I'm going to be teaching later on. So I got to know those kids that I was, I would be teaching, you know, years from now. So I look back and go, I'm glad, you know, I got to be an assistant for another year. So here comes 1998. Kenny and I had been dating and not dating and dating and not dating. And then you showed up at a ball game. And then, I mean, it's a lot of stuff, you know, going on. And so we get, um, to make it like kind of short, we get engaged June of 1998. Apparently, we're more mature this time around. I don't know. Um, we get married. Uh, we, we get engaged in 1998. As soon as we get engaged, I leave and go on a road trip with my friend without my uh, engagement ring because I, I don't want to lose it. And that was the real reason. I, I, that, was the real, <laughs> that was the real reason I left it at home, I promise. <laughs> Um, so we did, we did like country, we went to Texas, um, rodeos and stuff like that, but I, I did leave that home. However, you know, we got married, so we're good. So it, um, I love him, I love him. So it's 1998, there, I had another job offer from a Christian school, but I didn't um, take that. I ended up, it was my first year teaching. I was like, oh, I'm going to get my own classroom. I was so excited. And so Mr. Raines asked me, by the way, he's a godly Christian man. He said, you want second, fourth, or sixth grade? And I thought, 
I'm pretty sure I didn't want six because that sixth grade class I'd helped in the year before, I thought, oh no, it could be crazy to teach sixth grade. So I prayed about it and I honestly did not know. So I told him, I said, Mr. Rains, I prayed about it and I don't know, would you choose? And he did. He chose sixth grade for me. And I thought, oh, great. I'm going to be stuck in sixth grade forever. And I am, but I love it now. Um, but it turned out to be the best time. I learned so much. And the kids were really good. It was like, it was probably one of my best classes ever. So I learned, you know, if you let the Lord lead, he knows what's best for you. Well, you know, first year teacher, you need help. And that help came in the form of Jensen's grandmother, Miss Childress. Okay. Um, she had been there. She'd been teaching a while. She was good, man. She's smart. And she was heavy on the discipline. I'm like, oh, we're teaching together. I like this because I don't want to teach math. And she did. So she, we taught forever and I loved it. So the Lord put her there when I needed her. Now, okay, go back to 1998, get married. So I come to this church and finally join because Kenny, I, I didn't know what he's going to do because I never would join. So this is in the old, where, where, where's the old sanctuary? Oh, good. See, I'm not real good at directions. So somewhere over there is the old sanctuary. I scared to death. I'm going from a little church and I got this huge church. I'm like, I don't want to go down front because uh, it makes me a little nervous. I joined the church. That opened up new opportunities for me. Bigger church, yes. I learned what extended session was right quick. And now I've got more opportunities. So I go to camp as a counselor. Never been to camp before. Let me go as a counselor. Why not? So that's where I meet Miss Myrtle, okay, which is interesting. She's, I love her to death. Uh, I didn't know much about her, but I found out quick. So she puts me with this lady named Kaylee Culpepper who is now Kaylee Potts. Kaylee had been to camp before, so we're good, okay? So I got to know Kaylee. I got to know her sister, Kiva. So I went to camp several times. So I was like, I like this. This is cool. And I got to see some of the kids that I had taught at school. I loved it. Then the Lord started dealing with me about longer trips. And so the association would take a trip in the summer. It was two weeks. I was like, oh, okay, we're going two weeks because that's like a long time. And I don't know anybody. I, don't, I mean, I didn't know many people. Well, the Lord put it upon my heart. I woke Kenny up in the middle of the night when I crying because I, I think I need to go to Boston. He's like, well, okay. And I'm just crying, you know, because apparently that's what I do a lot. And so, he, okay, so we got in touch with Miss Myrtle and I ended up going. Now on that, I got to be real good friends with her daughter, Miriam. Okay. Uh, and with Miss Pam Harmon. Okay, she's, she's very interesting, by the way. Um, and so I got to, you know, be friends with a lot of people, Miss Selena Price. And so the Lord was putting these people in my life to kind of help out. Also with more of like Cole's relatives, his aunt and uncle and stuff like that. So that was cool. Then there came world changers and I really enjoyed that. But then the Lord started dealing with me with something else. And it dealt with believers baptism. Now, at 19, when I knew for sure that I was saved and the Lord was the Lord of my life, I was like, okay, I'm good. But then, brother, I don't know how many messages Brother Tony had to preach about believers. It wasn't just baptism. It was believers' baptisms. So what are people going to think if I go down? They're going to think, oh, you used to wife. Uh-oh, what's wrong? What's, why is she going down there? Why is she talking to Brother Tony? You know, is she really not saved? What's going on? I let what other people might think of me kind of stop me for a while. But the Lord got a hold of me, and I mean got a hold of me. I cried, and I cried, and I couldn't get away from it. So I said, you know what? I'm more concerned with what the Lord wants me to do than what people think. So I remember now, I did not go down Sunday morning. It was a Sunday night, 
And I went, I don't even think, you didn't even know why I was going down, did you? Nope. I went down. He probably thought, oh, no, what's wrong with her? So I went down, and I told Brother Tony, you know, that I wanted to have believer's baptism. So I got to be baptized in a portable baptistry. I think it was like one of the first ones. So that was kind of cool. But you know what? I didn't realize how many other people had done the same thing. So they came up to me and said, I did the same thing when I was younger. So that helped me, and hopefully by me doing that, it helped others. Then, because I can't have been like married forever, seems like. It's been seven years. There are no children. I know people thought, oh, what's wrong with them? They can't have children. Oh, apparently we, we can, uh, but we're just praying about it. And so here's what we did. We let the Lord lead when we need to have a child and worked out great because, well, during this time, the Lord put some other people in my life. Leighton Coppage, your mama. Uh, let me tell you. When you can call somebody crying and go, Michelle, Kenny and I are both sick. We both have a stomach virus. We have one bathroom and no toilet paper. Can you please go to the store and get us some? That is a true friend. She comes in with toilet paper, Gatorade, and soup. And then she takes me to my mom and dad's house so they can take me to the emergency room because I'm going to die, apparently. We leave Kenny at home. I, I, I don't know why we didn't take him, but he stayed at home. Um, but you know what? That is a true friend. Just like right after Barrett was born and Kenny went to a ball game, and I'm a new mom. I'm in my pajamas thinking I will never talk to another adult in my life. Barrett, I mean, I love you, but you didn't really talk back to me at like a few weeks old. And I'm going, I just want to talk to humans, adults, you know. And then here comes Michelle and Leighton. Leighton, you're about like nine months to a year old. So you come over, and you probably look at Barrett, and that was about it. You know, Barrett, I don't know what you were doing. But, you know, just having that person come over and... She was a fairly new mom, too, just having somebody to talk to, going, am I ever going to be normal again? And, you know, she laughs and said, yes. So the Lord knew I needed a friend. Well, school was fine. Then Miss Childress left me. Still hadn't forgiven her for that, by the way. And my mama left school at the same time. But Ricky Atchison stepped in, so I talked with him for a while, and it was good. And then things got rough. We had constant turnover, administration, teachers, and it was taking its toll on me. And a few years ago, we got a new principal, and my room was ready. And when, one, time he call, one day he called and said, I want you to change classrooms. And I about fell apart because like, my room is done. So I changed classrooms, which I'm glad now because I like this classroom better. But then I was working with someone new, and I didn't really know this lady. And I was like, I can't do this. I'm tired. I was ready. Honestly, I told Kenny, I said, I'm ready to quit. I'm done. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, I was, I was ready to quit. But the Lord put Dana in my life. She is like best ever. She is great. Um, she, he put her in my life to kind of help take care of me during this time. She was, oh, she's great on the discipline. All I would have to say is, hey, next door. And that would like calm the kids down or quiet the kids down. She was, she's a bigger nerd than me. So she was loving the computer. So she made out the test for us and she did this and that. The Lord knew exactly what I needed at that time. And that was in the form of Dana. Also put my friend Briar in there, who all, who kept an eye on me, just to make sure everything was going okay. Because it, it was it was a rough um, it was a rough time. But in doing that, I had a friend come to me one day, and she was struggling, and she was crying, and um, I said, "I want to pray for you," and I prayed for, her, and then so I told her kind of what was going on, and she looked at me and she said, "I thought if anybody had it all together, it was you." I said, "No." I said, not at all. I said, but the Lord is helping me through it. So she said, you know what? You've given me the courage to do what I need to do. So God used my struggles to help, you know, other people. 
So during my life, the Lord has given me so many people that are that that help me. Now I've got like whole new groups of people over here. I mean, who else is going to be my nurse lady, doctor friend, and go with me to Panera because my family won't? Who else going to cut up like eight million watermelons and cantaloupe and give out a hundred thousand band aids um, from? Uh, the Gaga pet. So God is pointing, I mean, God is putting people in my life all the time. Now, my mom and dad, they have always been there and they always, well, I can't say they always will be. They've been there and I'm so glad they're there. God gave me Kenny. What guy is going to, whatever's happening, he's going to give me a Coke and a Butterfinger. I mean, I could lose a leg and he's going to give me like a Coke and a Butterfinger. Poor thing, he'd find me in the bathroom sick as a dog. Hey, go get me a Coke and a Butterfinger because that's going to make the world right. But that's what he did. He loves me. Um, he listens to me every day. Um, I asked him, I told him one time, I said, I want a desk. Can you build me a desk? I want it about like this, about this high, like that. And he built me this huge desk that I love. Okay, who else is going to fix my VCR tape? Okay, anybody know what a VHS tape is? Oh, good. Okay. So it was I Love Lucy, my favorite one. It broke. He takes the sucker apart and puts it back together again. It worked for a little while, then it broke again. However, he was willing to do that for me. I come home with tons of cardboard and go, hey, Dana and I want to know if you'll cut this for us, please. Just, you know, in half, it's fine. Um, there's a bunch of, I'll bring some more home tomorrow. And he's like, okay, and he'll do that. He gives me godly counsel. He will listen. He will tell me. Oh, he'll say, you didn't ask what I think, because sometimes I don't really want to know what he thinks, because... I have a feeling it's not going to be what I want to hear. But I said, I want you to tell me. And then uh, there have been times he's told me to suck it up. And I'm like, I know. And I'm crying. I'm like, I know you're right, but I just want to cry and get it over with. But he is there for me. The Lord has placed him in my life. Now, those are who the Lord has placed in my life. The Lord, Jesus is right there with me. That's one thing. He's right there with me, and I can always count on Him. Whether it's help me find the test that I need to give out and I can't find it in my classroom, or whether it's, I'm, you know, I have a student who is having trouble. I had a student the first week of school. I, I hadn't seen her. Like, I, I didn't know who she was. She came, I didn't know her name. She came up and she goes, would you pray for my mama? My mom's having surgery. I was like, sweetheart, I sure will. And at the end of class, Martin, don't forget to pray for my mom, okay? And I said, I mean, I had to look on I now and figure out what her name was. And I prayed for her. And I asked her later. She says, thank you for praying for my mama. She's good. But I'm like, you know, that's something that I could be there just to kind of help her. Now, there's something that one of my kids gave me. On the mission trip, one of my little kids gave me a birthday card. Because every, like for four years, every, I feel like I'm in kindergarten. Y'all see this? Everybody see that? Um, every year on the mission trip, it was my birthday, and Kenny would send me letters and stuff like that. But Miss Myrtle always made sure that we celebrated my birthday by going out to eat, like several of the ladies. Usually it's, it was Miriam and Pam and stuff. And that, you know, that made me feel special. But we never really know what our actions are, uh, what, yeah, our actions, what effect they'll have on people. I have a letter that a little kid wrote, uh, not, it's one of my sixth graders, and he marked through stuff. But it says, Dear Miss Martin, I just wanted you to know that God has talked to me through you and Miss Childress all year long, and I just wanted to thank you. I was like, you know, that is something, because I was not at my best that year, like all year long, but the kids are watching. The kids are watching you. Adults are watching you. So always do what God wants you, what God wants you to do. Now, just a couple of things. 
Um, oh, let me get my Bible. Yes, because I got my favorite verse in here. That's big. That's probably what's making my um, bag so heavy. So God sends different friends for different seasons of your life. Just what you need. Um, God's got the best for you plan. So don't ruin his plans. Okay, don't. I look back at some of the guys I dated and thought, oh, dear Lord, thank you. That, that person's gone. Because I'm like, no, 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 that would not have been good at all. And another thing, don't let the devil convince you that your way is best. Because the devil's going to try to do that. He will get into your mind. So what I did, okay, Philippians 4.13, yes, um, great verse. But my favorite verse, and then I had to use this all through student teaching, was Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And boy, did I ever. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I pray that over and over and over. I had to during student teaching. I have to some days. And then lately, well, the past few years, verse 8 has become a lifeline for me. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. I have to work to keep the devil out of my mind because it was really bad to where if like if something happened in my mind, it's just taken off into all these different scenarios. Kenny says I overreact, and, and I do. He calls me OR. And, but you know, and I get tickled because sometimes I will, but in my mind these things build up, and that is the devil using those things against me. So there have been times I have woken up and go, think on these things, think on these. And I can't remember all the words of the Bible verse sometimes. And I will just say, okay, good things, pure. And I'm thinking, there are things I don't need to think about. And I try my best to fill my mind with those scriptures that I learned when I was younger. Um, and that helps me. Also, um, now Barrett knows, because I did it this morning, every day I pray on the way to school. Uh, I, maybe, I don't close my eyes because that would just be bad. But I pray. I pray for my students. Um, I pray for my friends. And I pray for my family. Because you never know who might need a prayer. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us through our social media. Go to KennyCrossroads.com and you can find all our places where you can get in contact with us. Or feel free to drop by sometime. Meet us at West End Baptist Church, Clanton, Alabama, or drop by on a Wednesday night at Crossroads, which is on the campus of West End Baptist Church. Love to hear from you. Love to just see what you're getting from this. And as always, thank you for being a part of Crossroads.